0: No, I used that song. <gasps> Am I gonna get canceled now? Hello, everyone, and welcome to my Joker review. This will be a spoiler-filled review, and I debated on whether or not I was gonna do a spoiler-filled review uh, because I don't like to spoil p- movies for people who haven't seen it yet. That's why I do put up the warning. And for this one, I just wasn't sure because it's a. Lo- it was a when I I saw it Thursday night. Uh, because my theater had a, you know, the Thursday evening screenings that not every theater gets to have for movies like this. But when I saw that there was the one for this one, I decided, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and jump on it. And, oh, it was, that was actually the first time I'd ever done that for a movie. And, and I'm probably gonna try to do this more often because, one, I really enjoyed getting to see it on a Thursday night. Uh, two, I... Only had to pay just over six dollars for my ticket, which is very nice, Um, and was a great way for me to avoid spoilers. So um, now is a lot. It was a lot to digest when I saw this movie on Thursday night. uh, I also got to get a. I also got a free Joker poster at the MI theater, uh, which you know if you have seen me on Twitter and Instagram, you already have seen me post up that picture. Um, uh, All right, my initial reaction after I saw it when I came home, jumped on Twitter uh, to see what people were saying. My first reaction was actually, you know what? Let me just pop out on my Twitter right now. I'm, yeah, I'm on my laptop, so let me go ahead and check out my Twitter to see what exactly what I said, because I don't remember word for word what I said. Um, but yeah, here we go. It says, Joaquin Phoenix better get that damn Oscar because he was absolutely brilliant, and Todd Phillips deserves one for Best Director as well. For me, this is easily the best film of 2019. And I genuinely believe that. And I will say that uh, until another movie this year changes my mind about that. And as of right now, I don't think any other film coming out the rest of this year that I want to go see will be able to top um, Joker for me, so... you know, But we shall see what happens between now and the end of this year, because quite a few movies that are still coming out that I do want to see, like Terminator Dark Fate, uh, and of course Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) and we'll see if either of those manages to bump Joker from the top of my list, uh, but I don't think they will. At, le- at least not Dark Fate, Terminator, <laughs> but anyways. Uh, but yes, Joaquin Phoenix, to me, delivered an absolutely brilliant performance um, that I, I don't want to compare it to Heath Ledger like a lot of people are doing. I won't compare it to Heath Ledger or Jack Nicholson or... Jared Leto or Caesar Romero or any other previous incarnation of Joker because all, out, all out, they were supporting characters in the movies that they were f- in shows that they were featured in. You know, Joaquin Phoenix was the star of this movie. The, literally, he is in every single scene from, from the opening to the ending. There is not one scene that does not feature Joaquin Phoenix's Arthur Fleck character, which. Honestly, I'm not sure of any other movie that's done that, uh, except maybe uh, the Birdman movie starring Michael <clears throat> Michael Keaton. Uh, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head that featured the lead actor in every single scene from start to finish. Um, which, actually, I really love the... Pod- that's one of the reasons I love this movie so much. Um, and Because Wa- Joaquin is also one of my favorite actors. Because uh, before I saw Joker, my favorite performance of his was from the movie Her. And... I was surprised that he didn't win an Oscar for that one either, or even Inherent Vice. Uh, Heard that he was not—I think he was nominated for that one, but I don't know. Um, And this one, he's definitely going to get at least an Oscar nomination. And I do hope he will win because he is. This is a career-defining performance for him. And just, I mean, overall, I really have no complaints about the movie. I mean, every actor and every character. was perfect in it um francis conroy was great as penny fleck uh robert de niro as um as as marie 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 franklin was great as well uh zazie beats I, lo- I love her i love that woman uh mark maron for the you know a few scenes that he was in i loved him as well i've always been a fan of his um the score is absolutely beautiful. I'm actually listening to the soundtrack right now. I don't know if how clear you can hear it in the background. Uh his name is a uh, Hildor gonna 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 I have no idea. Uh, gonna to gonna to- gonna do t- gonna do here. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea how to pronounce it but his score is absolutely brilliant. Um and uh the cinematography and just like you could feel the Scorsese influences throughout this movie like you can feel the influences of king of Co- king of comedy and of you know taxi driver especially taxi driver and you can also see the of uh, the influences from some of the comic books that that feature great stories from the jokers you know like dark knight returns and uh the killing joke um uh, and like you know, especially with Killing Joke, how he was a, a struggling stand-up comedian, uh, and that is what he is in this movie. He's a clown for hire, but his dream is to be a stand-up comedian. Um, and the in Dark Knight Returns, he's he goes on after being locked up in an institution for for several years because of Batman. He goes on a talk show, and <clears throat> he th- we get to see a similar situation to that in this movie, and. And the way they, you know, the way the media had been hyping it up, especially, it's not as violent as I thought it was going to be. I mean, the the there, there is violence, and the violent moments are pretty fucked up, um, but it's not quite to the degree that they 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 you the media made you think it was going to be, it's like like it's 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 less gory than 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 your average uh, Quentin Tarantino film, but it is definitely gory for a DC f- Comics property kind of film. Um, and just, yeah, like and with Joker, like, yeah, it's a he's, Joker is a DC Comics character, and it, it does have it in the credits based on characters from DC Comics. It's a comic book movie that isn't a comic book movie, if that makes any sense. Uh, and one of the other things also that I actually really loved is uh, during the opening credits, and then even the cr- credits at the end, they, they use, like, the the old Warner Brothers, like kind of opening credits, like like the old logo. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the older Warner Brothers logo, where it was like a little circle and like little like little bars and dots that make up the WB symbol. Like when I talked to my brother about, it, he said that the the one that looks like kind of looks like a fist. It's that it's that one, uh, and the text on the screen also was very old school, and then and that even at the end of the movie they had the old the end, you know you know text on the screen as well, for as they used to do for a lot of the older, older movies. That, you know, they very, essentially, don't do anymore, except for this movie, obviously. Um, but yeah, like, and, and it is, it is a, a slow burn kind of movie. Like, for like the first hour, it's, you know, it's building up, slowly, to the climactic final act of the movie, where shit really goes down. Um, and there, it. And, like, when you look at the trailers, a lot of what happens in the actual film, I mean, one, they don't show too much of it in the trailers, which is great. I, lo- I, I love it when movies don't give away too much uh, in the previews, because when they give too much away in the previews, then, you know, it's a big turnoff for me. Um, uh, but, like, now, now as far as the specifics of the movie... Like the remember the part in the trailer when he's I think it was the first trailer I don't remember if they showed it in the second one but the first trailer where he's holding his mouth his mouth like a smile with his fingers that's part of the opening of the movie because uh, he's that's when he's on his way to the job where he's holding the sign for that business that's going out of business and the kids uh, beat him up with the, and they steal the sign it's like that one is pretty fucked up and the thing is like even though I've never seen it directly I've Seeing the stories and videos of that kind of stuff really happening in real life, like in today's world, you know, where a person gets beat up by the by these punk ass little bitch teenage kids, you know, and like in on the New York subways, it happens all the time, and it's it's very unfortunate, you know, and and it's, because it's fucked up that that's the kind of world that we live in, you know, but that's the reality of 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 this of of this of this world, and. And then also, like how they make you know New York City look like you know, like like very much like in it. In it sorry, I'm just kind of going over my words, because you know that's that's what the, the film did to me. I had you know struggled to process what I had seen for the two hours of that movie, um, and like how I was, the other way I described it to my brother that it's very it feels very much and looks very much like a film of that period that it's taking place in, you know, late 70s, early 80s. And, like, the clothing is very much of that time period. Uh, the music used throughout the movie as well. Um, the scenery, the... Uh, like, the way like the, tr- the, sub- the subway trains are covered in graffiti, like it used to be way, way, way back. They do a, you know, a somewhat better job of cleaning up the graffiti on the subways now in New York. Um, I haven't read. I haven't rode the rode New York subway in a long time because uh, last time I rode the New York subway was 2011 when I went to visit my brother uh, for a couple weeks. Mm. Uh, so I don't know how it looks now, but you know that was eight years ago, was it? Yeah, it was eight years ago. Um, and just like the graffiti all over the city, I I did grow up around a lot of that when I when I was still living in Queens, New York. Uh, so that is a very much very much a realistic portrayal of you know the city life and um, uh, and just i'm actually gonna put aside the my where, you know talking about the movie itself and i want to talk about actually the the critics and the so-called journalists that what they liked that have been saying all kinds of stuff about the joker movie the last couple of weeks um This whole, um, this whole thing of that this film was going to inspire white incels to commit horrible, you know, acts of violence, that this was going to inspire people to do such things, I've never understood where that narrative came from, and why these people, these websites and journalists and, and even like, you know, like, like, T- TV news shows, like you know, like World News Tonight on ABC, CNN, uh, you know, all these other shows that they're t- talking about this stuff, putting putting it out there that that there was going to be some horrible act of violence committed because somebody was going to be inspired by this movie, but specifically saying white incels. And if you don't know what incel means, it means involuntary, involuntarily celibate. Basically, meaning that you that you don't have sex, eh, but it's not your choice. So, um, and both and because that's what they kept saying. White incels, white incel. That's what I saw on like nine out of ten every nine out of every ten headlines. White incel was in there, and I just do not understand where that was coming from because I had never heard that for any other movie before. Like, like thinking that this movie, and it also just. Put, there was one that I remember seeing, There was that this person said this was this movie was uh, just uh, just it was just so much nonsense and BS and my God. There was one that I actually saw earlier today, um, recording this Monday evening after RAW. That um, they said that something about like white male resentment that helped get Donald Trump elected? Like, what? What? Where are they getting this nonsense? And something, and I saw another person talking about, you know, about, in, about entitlement, like, like, did they actually see the movie? Arthur Fleck is not an entitled character. He is a poor, mentally ill, impoverished character that lives with his mother, and, you know, can't, you know, is just a struggling stand-up comedian who gets literally and figuratively Beat down by everybody that crosses his path, pr- pretty much. You know, like, like he got beat up by the the kids that stole his sign when he was while he was working, and then the part that they showed in the trailer when he gets beat up by the guys on the subway. You know, they what 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 about all of that is says entitled? None of it is entitled. He is not an entitled character. He is a very mentally ill and messed up character. And. You know, and it and you were not you're you're meant to feel bad for Arthur, you know, for like the first half of the movie, he is he is he is portrayed in a sympathetic empathetic is sympathetic light. I will I will give them I will give you that at least, but when he as he dives further down into becoming the Joker, that's when you know are not supposed to feel sympathy for him at all, you know. You were supposed to think like, like, all right. I was with you. I was with you before, but now this is where it's getting a little too messed up. Um, and then also like CNN, I think it was CNN. Yeah, saying something about. Uh, um, dang, I can't remember now. Um. Yeah, was like, yeah, CNN, and then uh, Hollywood Reporter, and a Variety, talking about, like, you know, the Joker broke box office records for the month of October, but was it, but was it deserved? Like, it's like who are they to say what a movie deserved to make or not? It's like, they've na- I've never seen, read, or heard anybody ever say these things about any other movie before now. Like... You know, like, as Todd Phillips even said it, you know, talking about, like, you know, the the violence of the movie, and he said, said, like, wait a minute, I just saw John Wick 3, he's a white male, and he killed 200 people, you know, and why is this movie held to a different standard? That's exactly it! And and I even made a point to somebody uh, from one of the guys that's on JoeBlow.com. I said to him on Twitter, like if critics want to put these want to push this narrative out there, they need to be more consistent and say the same things for movies like John Wick or even for hustlers, the one that just came out with Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu and all that. You know, because in that movie, you know, and it's based on a real thing. It's based on a real stuff that happened, you know, over over about ten years ago, eleven years ago, however many years ago, of these women that drugged and robbed these rich men. Why why no concerns for you know For any uprising in, you know, people of of similar behaviors to that, why no concern that women are going to start drugging and robbing men, you know, for their own benefit and satisfaction? Why no concern for that? Can't answer that question, can you guys? (sighs) It is—it's just so much nonsense, and I just do not understand why, why, why this this movie specifically. Is getting all all of this negative press and attention to the and they've been they, they push they're pushing it they keep pushing it and pushing it and but they were pushing it so hard that about that they going to inspire mass shoot, mass shootings and other horrible things like that that security was upped at so many movie theaters across the country and it's like you know I mean I'm okay with the you know, increase in security you know, nothing wrong with security but just I just uh, and then the newest one, because you know nothing happened during the opening weekend, no mass shootings or anything like any, any horrible stuff like that. Now you know, the song that played at the beginning of this one, the Rock and Roll Part Two by the by Gary Glitter, uh, because he is a convicted sex offender, pedophile, uh, which is horrible, very horrible. Uh, now they're trying to rip on the movie for including that song in the movie, uh, which you know. If you see, if you know the parts that they always show in the commercials where he's dancing on the staircase, they played that song during that sequence. And when I fr- when I saw the movie, that part really th- that song th- really threw me off. Like, huh? Very odd choice, but I'm into it. And yeah, Gary Gary Glitter, that guy, he's he is a convicted pedophile sex offender. He's disgusting human being. He's a garbage human being, and deserves to rot in hell f- for that. But they play that same song at a lot of basketball, baseball, hockey, and football events. Like growing up, when my dad, when my dad and my well, my whole family would go to Shea Stadium for the Mets games, they would always play that song during the games. Every Mets game that I attended at Shea Stadium with my family, they always played that song. Never any outrage during those times no outrage for that song being included at literally every and pretty much every sporting event around the country but included in one little movie suddenly we gotta cancel the movie because it included that song <sighs> i just i don't i just don't get it i don't get the uh, and then some, some of the fans thinking that it's like Disney paying these people to say all this stuff because they want so badly for Avengers Endgame to get all these Oscars. And usually I don't fall for those conspiracies, but the more I keep seeing these articles after article after article, especially from CNN, I saw at least four of them from CNN, which is just ridiculous. Saying all these things about the Joker movies, just make, it starting to make me wonder, like, is it really something going on behind the scenes with Disney that they're not wanting us to know about? <sighs> I don't know, I just... I, this is why I don't take these people seriously when it comes to the to movies. <sighs> Whatever. <sighs> but anyways, enough about that nonsense, let me get back to the movie itself. Uh, yeah, like I said, they do play that song when he's on the staircase, and... Uh, but before that, we get to that part, I wanted to go back to the part with the subway... Because after he got beat up by the kids while he was holding the sign one of his co-workers at the little clown for hire company that he works for offers offers him a gun they said you know pay me back whenever you can and he holds on to that gun so then he the next gig that he gets uh at for at, as with his clown character um he's performing at a children's hospital and the gun slips from his pocket and he gets fired because the hospital reports back to his boss, and they tell him that. And he's on the subway on his way home, and he sees these three like Wall Street douchebag guys harassing this woman, and um, and the and with and then Arthur starts laughing because in the movie he's he has a and this is a legitimate thing. It's a legitimate condition where you have this uncontrollable laughter that you that you, that you you can't control it. It just bursts out randomly in, like, moments of stress or distress, and he can't stop. So they they see that, and they immediately target him, and they attack him, and they beat the hell out of him. They beat the crap out of him, as they showed in the trailer. Um, But he fights back, pulls the gun out of his pocket, and then boom! One shot right in the head, another one shot, I think, in the chest, and then the other one, he he hunts him down through the through the through the trains th- through the other cars on the train. They get off at I think the next stop, and he tracks him down and just fires off every remaining bullet into him. And that's the when the other part that you that they showed in the first trailer where he's running down like an alleyway uh, with a bag. That's right after he gets off the 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 subway after killing those guys. And then he runs into a, a, a like a gas station bathroom, and to like you know catch his breath, and then he starts he starts dancing, in the in the in the bathroom, uh, which they've we've seen they've showed clips of it, in the in the previews. So you know most people are from, and that was even the first poster that they released, where he's just like looking up and his arms in the air. That's you know from the bathroom scene when he's where he's dancing, and it's a very haunting hauntingly beautiful dance that he does. And then, of course, you know, the news of those guys being killed on the subway makes the rounds, and because of their status in the in the community there, it, you know, creates an, an, upro- an uproar and, you know, almost a revolution and a movement amongst others who, much like Arthur Fleck, are, like, you know, poor and impoverished and, you know, have been beat down by society. So they are inspired by that. Which, I know, kind of funny, considering all the controversial nonsense. But it's like, but they're not inspired just just because. They're inspired because they're in the same boat as him. Because that's what it is. And then Zazie Beat's character, she's a neighbor that lives like a, cook, a few doors down, and she meets him on the elevator, they share a little moment, and then we see them hanging out throughout the movie, you know, like going on dates. And he, after he kills those guys on the subway, they show him going to her apartment, and they start making out, and you know, and we are to assume that they, you know, they, as you know, you know, as the they said in Clockwork Orange, the old in out and out, um, and then you know, basically that they're supposed to be dating. And, and then the other little sort of subplot with uh, Arthur's mom, Penny, that uh, she used to work for, for the Wayne family. That's established very early on. She had been writing letters to them uh, wanting help because of the poor living conditions that they've been in. And then Arthur decides to read one of the letters, and in one of the letters, it says that Arthur, that Thomas Wayne is Arthur's father. So, he of course, Arthur gets mad, tries to confront his mom about it, and she says that, yes, they had an affair, but that Thomas, you know, wanted to, couldn't go public with it because he had to keep up appearances, so he they let her go and all this other stuff. So then he goes to Wayne Manor, takes a, sub, a bus and a subway to Wayne Manor, and that's where he, the little boy in the first trailer where he's making him smile, that's little Bruce Wayne. So, yeah, he, we get to see Bruce Wayne. And... Yeah, the thing is, I had already known this because I checked IMDb and saw that that it was him. But um, <clears throat> uh, when he said when he re- approaches him at the at the fence, and he says he says I'm Arthur, what's your name? And then he says I'm Bruce. Everyone went in my audience who I'm assuming didn't was not aware ahead of time went crazy for that. Uh, so that got a good reaction, and then. The butler showed up, which I'm assuming was supposed to be Alfred, but they never said him by name, came in and, you know, was protecting little Bruce, obviously. And then, you know, Thomas Wayne, because apparently he was going to run for mayor of Gotham City, they, Arthur sees on the news that he's going to have a, you know, an event somewhere. So he goes off to sneak into the event to confront him, because he, again, like his, he believes that that's his father, per the letters that his mom was writing to him. But then Thomas tells him, "Like, no, you were adopted. You know, I'm not your father. She, your mother is mentally ill." And Arthur didn't believe all that. And then he has the another episode where he he can't he bursts out in uncontrollable laughter, and you know Thomas Wayne, not understanding what's going on, punches him punches him out, which we see that in the trailer as well. Um. And and then uh, but you know then also that Tom, Arthur's mom was in, ends up in the hospital. But I believe this was bef- that happens before the thing with with Thomas Wayne. Um, and also that uh, you know Murray Franklin that that that's Arthur's idol and his you know hero. He wants to be a comedian just like him. And uh, him and his mom watch his talk show every night. And uh, he has a, a dream sequence at the beginning of the movie where he he's he's an, an audience member at the show and imagines getting called on stage to to, to be with with Murray and, and when they show Arthur doing performing at a stand-up comedy club the video of his performance he basically bombed cuz he can he had the uncontrollable laughter going on um somebody was recording it and they've sent it to 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 Murray, and they show it on his show, which they showed that in the second trailer. Uh, while Arthur's in the hospital, you know, looking at looking over his mother, and you know he's embarrassed, and they make fun of him. But the clip, you know, becomes popular, which you know, if it happened today, would go viral, and audience there was audience demand for him to appear on the show. So that's that comes up later on. Uh, which, again, comes where, where the influences of The Dark Knight Returns comes in. Because anyone who's read the book and seen the animated movie remembers the talk show segment with Joker uh, on there. I can't remember what the talk show's name was, but I remember in the movie, he was voiced by Conan O'Brien, which I always get, always get a kick out of that whenever I watch it, because Conan is my favorite late-night you know talk show host. Um, and then... Uh, Arthur decides to go to the Arkham Hospital because Thomas, when he says that, she, that his mom was locked up in Arkham for a long time, uh, or not for a long time, but just after you know being adopted and all that stuff, and he goes there to seek her medical files, and he obtains the files. You know, first he requests them, but then the the guy behind the counter uh, says he can't give them to him without her signing off on it. So. That's when, like from the trailer, where you see him running down a hallway holding a file and banging his head on a on the on a, like a little gate thing. It's from that scene. So then he he grabs him, runs down the staircase, uh, looks over the files and sees that yes, he was indeed adopted, and she does have uh, like schizophrenia and the, the, the you know delusions and other other forms of mental illness. That yeah. Basically finding out that yeah his the the mom was lying to him about all this stuff and then uh, the line that they played in the trailer where he says for all, all my life I th- I thought it was a I thought my life was a tragedy but now it's a comedy and uh, in the movie he says it's a fucking comedy um and he takes the pillow and s- suffocates his his mom who's not really his mom. And she dies, and then he just leaves like nothing. And it's really fucked up. And then he goes over to uh, the, the girlfriend, Sazzy Bees, or Sophie, I think is the name. Uh, he goes to her apartment, he just opens the door, and he's, he, he's soaking wet from, from rain, and sits down. And then she sees him, and she's like, Oh my god, what are you doing here? And she says, Your name's Arthur, right? You live, you live down the hall. And then that's when we find out that everything that we had seen in the movie of him and her together, never actually happened except for that first meeting on the elevator. So yeah, it's, it's pretty messed up, and it really it paints the it really shows you just how messed up mentally Arthur is, and now that the, they also show him with his therapist a couple of times throughout the movie and then he he meets her twice and that's where we get the from the second trailer the you know you don't listen and then all i have are negative thoughts um then she says that this will be the last meeting that they have in the trailer they present it as if you know like she's just you know deciding to drop him but in the movie we find out that that the city had cut the funding for that clinic so he 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 would no longer be a patient there because the city cut funding for that clinic and yeah. But then again, that's and that one I can kind of relate to. But yeah, Uh, I'm not gonna get into that because that's too personal for me. So Um, and then basically because he. Can't get his medication anymore. Doesn't have anyone to speak to. He runs out of his medication, or he stops taking his medication, and then uh, his, the the guy that was that gave him the gun earlier in the movie uh, decides to come by and check on him because they found out that his mom died, and and also like right after the mom died is when Arthur found out he was going to be on the the Murray Franklin show. Uh, and that's when the bit his the guy that gave him the gun starts. Why, but the other person from the from the from the clown company, the little guy that they show, uh, which a lot of people kept laughing at him. I didn't laugh because that's like, yeah, he's he's a little guy, who fucking cares? Um, but everyone kept laughing every time he showed up on screen. Which um, laughing at little people, I'm. Um, Doesn't have quite the same humor as it used to, in my opinion. So I, you know, I'm pretty sure nobody laughs when Peter Dinklage pops up on screen just out of nowhere, because people love him. But yeah, this particular actor that played the played him, I don't remember what his name was, but I really liked him in the movie. He was, he was, he was, he gave a very good performance. Um, But yeah, the the big guy that gave him the gun, uh, they show up at Arthur's apartment, and uh, Arthur he kills him, takes a. Uh, like a pen or whatever it is, and stabs him in the neck, and then jams it in his his eye, which is just gnarly, 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 super gnarly. And that that part in the trailer when they show him like bent over and his face is pale white, the that's it's from, that's the scene that that takes place in. That he st- he after he stabs him, he starts banging his face right against the the wall, cracking his skull, and he's bleeding out, and he's just sitting there on the floor, and then. And a very like uncomfortably funny moment, but it was it was because it was intentionally uncomfortable. Uh, the, the when he starts talking to the little guy again, and I, I hate that I keep saying little guy. I, I, I don't even remember what his name is. Um, and I hate that I don't that I don't remember the name because he because he was one of my favorites in the movie. Um, and then he says, you know, he says, you, know, you 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 can you can leave. Um, I'm not gonna do anything to you. Um, but then he he does, he fake scares him. And then he helped. He helps him to open the door because Arthur put the chain on the door and he couldn't reach it. And right before he let him out, he he he, you know he he went up to him and he said, "Like you, you were always, you were always nice to me." And I gave him a kiss on the forehead and, and and sent him on his way. And I don't know, like that that part, like to me, was like, you know, was a very that 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 quick little moment where he told him, "Like you, you you were the only one who was ever nice to me." Was it like it felt like a true, genuinely heartfelt moment for him? Um, because it's true. He was the one of the only people in that movie that was ch- truly nice to him. That even the mom wasn't nice to him. Like, on t- besides just lying about who he who he is, uh, when he was talk- talking, talking, bathing her, and talking about wanting to be a stand up comedian. Even she says she says, "Don't you aren't you supposed to be funny to do that?" It's like that's. I mean, granted, you know she's mentally ill as well. You know that's not something you say to your son who wants to live is wants to fulfill a, a lifelong dream, you know. But you know it is what it is. A lot of families have have that. Um. And, but yeah, like like I was saying before, the when Arthur killing the three the three Wall Street guys on the subway it doesn't it does create like a revolution amongst the poor and impoverished citizens of Gotham, and they all start wearing face paint and masks, uh, very much like. What the face paint is that jo- that Joker has? Arthur Fleck's Joker has in the movie, and the after he kills the the guy and then lets his friend out of the um out of the apartment, the that's when they show him getting ready to go to the show, and that's when the song you know Rock and Roll Part Two starts playing, and he's on dancing on the stairwell, and then the two officers that had actually cut that had invest come and talk to him about the, the subway murders invest, to investigate and get his witness account, they find him dancing on the stairs, and they wanted to question him some more, and then he sees them and immediately runs, and he's running across the city, runs into to the subway, runs uh, on the subway train, and there's others in the subway wearing the masks, so the, officer, the, the officers follow him, they have their guns ready, just in case, and... Uh, accidentally kill one of the other clowns in there because uh, Arthur had taken the the one the one of the clown masks from somebody and put it on his face so, so he can blend in, and that starts a, a a fight in there, and one of the officers accidentally shoots you know one of the one of the other people dressed as a clown, and then they pounce on that officer and Arthur escapes unscathed pretty much shows up at the the Murray Franklin show ready to go on and that's when we're like we get in the from the trailer the you know Murray can you when you bring me out can you introduce me as Joker and then when he he goes out on stage he's gonna read from his little his little journal of jokes that he has and you know he tells some 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 bad jokes that are you know very uncomfortable and the audience doesn't love it um and then that's when he goes off on on Murray, saying, that, you know, when you why did you when you showed you brought me on here to make fun of me, you showed my 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 the video my video to make fun of me, and then he he just goes off about you know the about, you know being mentally ill and how the society society be, beating people down, and then he pulls out the gun, shoots Murray right in the forehead, and even though you know it's coming, you're still not really prepared for it when it does happen. Um, and because at the end, because Murray's catchphrase at the end of every show, it would be that's life, and then they start playing the song that's life with the credits, and then he Arthur walks right up to the camera and he says, ladies and gentlemen, that's life but that gets cut off, and they have the you know, the emergency broadcast, you know, thing going on on the screen and then they're, you know, the camera slowly pans back, and they have different monitors in the production booth showing all these news broadcasts of, uh, journalists and other you know reporters talking about what what had just happened and then he's they cut to arthur in the back of a squad car uh being taken away but then you know he other people in the streets that are you know in the clown makeup and outfits that are cheering him on somebody one of them driving an ambulance crashes right into the police vehicle and then two of the clowns pull him out of the car and lay him on top of the hood, and then you see other clowns riding in the streets, and then they show a movie theater We're showing different, you know, movies up on the screen. Uh, one of them was a Zorro the Gayblade that they had listed on the marquee, which, um, I really wish my dad was alive to have seen that, because I don't remember if he, I don't know if he's actually, he had, he, he goes, my dad always, always loved to talk, talk to, talk to me and my brothers about Zoro the Gayblade, Blade. I don't, know, I don't know if it's that he had he, seen the movie and loved it so much, but he always loved talking to my brothers and I about it. I don't know why. Uh, so he would have had a, had a little kick out of that. But they show Thomas Wayne, Martha Wayne, and little Bruce Wayne coming out of that movie theater, trying to get away from them, from the theater, and then they turn into a little alleyway, and one of the clowns comes up to them, shoots Thomas, shoots Martha, rips the pearl necklace, And Bruce is standing there, silent in shock and frozen in fear. And then we cut to Arthur waking up after being unconscious for those few minutes, blood coming down his face, and then he takes the blood, smears it across to make a smile, holds his arms out, and the crowd of clowns roars in praise and cheers and... And then we cut to... Arthur, at another mental place, with another therapist, that he's laughing again, and the therapist asks, you know, what's so funny, or whatever was that she said, and it says, you know, just thinking about a joke, you wouldn't get it, and then they cut to a nice, they cut to a nice little shot of Bruce in the alleyway over his parents, and it's just like, oh, because you, you know exactly what that, what that means, and it's just like, oh, so Perfect and beautiful, and then they cut to Arthur leaving the room that he was with the therapist, and he's he has bl- bloody footprints as he's walking away, meaning he did something to the therapist. <laughs> um, and then it, the movie ends with him being chased by the other by the orderlies around the mental institution, and that's where the the old the end text pops up on the screen. And I remember as when I, I just sat there for a couple of minutes just. In awe of what I just witnessed for those two, for the two hours that I was there, and I cannot wait for the Blu-ray to come out because I want to watch this movie again and again and again and again and again. Oh... like I said, it's a comic book movie that isn't a comic book movie, and if you've seen it, you'll understand what I mean by that. And I, like I said, I really hope that Joaquin Phoenix gets that Oscar for best di- for best actor and that Todd Phillips gets best director because Joaquin Phoenix gave a career defining performance like I already said and Todd Phillips being the guy who directed Old School, Road Trip, The Hangover movies to directing this is it, it still blows my mind to realize this. Because <sighs> when I first read, you know, Todd Phillips was going to direct the Joker film with starring Joaquin Phoenix, and I looked it up and I, and I saw Todd Phillips, you know, directing credits, you know, old school, you know, road trip, hangover movies. So, War Dogs, I think, was the other one. I just thought to myself, like, really? The hangover guy is going to direct the Joker movie? Huh. But he, he more than delivered, and you know what? Like this, this I will see. I see this as a crowning achievement for Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix, because they both. I'm just gonna say they delivered a masterpiece, and as it stands right now, like I said, this is the best film that I've seen for the year 2019, and it is going to be very hard for any other film, between now and December 31st, to change my mind about that. Um, and those of you out there who have seen it, I hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, and hope you enjoyed hearing what I had to say about this movie. Um, I've seen other people talking about whether or not that we, that this movie deserves a sequel. Excuse me. I can understand why they would want to see a sequel, however, it is not necessary. It, it, it is a standalone film. It is a standalone story. It told the story that it wanted to tell and I'm content with the film as is. I don't want a follow-up that's gonna, that, that could potentially ruin it. But I, I absolutely loved it. I hope you loved it as well. Uh, thank you for tuning in to this review of The Joker. And check out my other film reviews if you haven't already. Um, And uh, I'll be back at least one or two more times for this year with with a few more reviews. And well, my name is Julian, and I'll catch you on the next one. Bye.